What's up, everybody? This is TJ Reed, and you are listening to Vitamin Lead, your healthy dose of leadership. We are on a mission to help you develop consistency, a thriving career, and to find company for the journey as a leader. Join us and leaders from over 300 cities around the world as we now dive into Vitamin Lead, your healthy dose of leadership. When was the last time that you made a epic, great memory? You know, the fact is great memories often don't just happen. I'm TJ Reed from Vitamin Lead, and I want to encourage you to join us February 29th, Leap Day, from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. in downtown Norfolk, Virginia, for our seminar, How to Create a Memorable Life. RSVP on our Facebook page and plan to join us because you can have a memorable 2020 and beyond. We want to share those principles with you. Join us on February 29th from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Vitamin Lead, your healthy dose of leadership. I'm your host, TJ Reed. And this week, we are talking to Chris Tabish. Uh, This is an exciting one talking about comediology. Uh, Next week, Paul Casey will be joining us sharing time management practices. Then Heather Dominic will be with us in the uh, second week of March talking about highly sensitive entrepreneurs. And then the week after that, we celebrate one year of Vitamin Lead. Can you believe it? One year that Vitamin Lead has existed. And so thank you to our faithful listeners. Uh, If you've been loving Vitamin Lead, please do share with your friends and family And even people you don't like that you think would get something out of this because we are all about healthy leadership and being your bright spot in a busy day. So today we're talking with Chris Tabish. Chris is a Silicon Valley business professional and an active stand-up comedian. He's the author of the book Comediology, which is all about how to be more effective and fulfilled in business by using comedy. Chris is also the co-founder of Venture West Consulting in Silicon Valley, whose mission is to help organizations create meaningful strategies and bring them to reality. They've worked with places like Kaiser Permanente, Cisco Systems, Veritas Software, Pete's Coffee, Petco, and Juniper Networks, just to name a few. Chris found his way into the stand-up community, the stand-up comedy community back in 2010 out of desperation to bring more joy into his career and life. After taking his own happiness into consideration, he left his nearly C-level position and began consulting using his unique method of introducing comedic concepts in the corporate world. He noticed the difference in his clients and wrote his book to share his techniques with corporate leaders around the world. Chris continues to perform in the San Francisco Bay Area where he lives with his wife and three kids. I think you're going to laugh with us and you're going to really enjoy this interview with Chris Tabish. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Vitamin Lead, your healthy dose of leadership. I'm your host, TJ Reed, and I am so excited today to have my friend Chris Tabish here with us. Chris, welcome to Vitamin Lead. Thanks, TJ. So great to be here. And uh, good morning and happy new year. Yeah, same to you. Uh, so, Chris, we, we've shared a little bit of your bio, but why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? What, what, what's exciting in your world these days? Yeah, what's exciting is, uh, well, I think first and foremost, being able to uh, talk about comediology, I just, it's for so long, I've been weaving, uh, you know, I've been in business, but being able to weave in comediology and have it be a part of business. I mean, it, it, you know, 
been doing stand-up for about 10 years and stand-up is such a, how does that relate to business exactly? And so finding the ways that it actually relates and being a, relate and being able to talk about that is uh, a pretty joyful thing. I, I really love doing that and watching the, the reaction on people and uh, being able to spread that. Very cool. I got to tell you, Chris, I, I loved reading the book Comediology. I just finished it. And uh, I, there, were, there were times, I think I was sharing with you earlier, that uh, I'd be sitting in bed at night reading on my Kindle and uh, would try not to laugh too hard with some of your quick wit and the, the funny things that you said in there. I didn't want to wake up my wife with that. So uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed the book. Well, I appreciate you reading. I mean, my mom hasn't even read the book. So this is a big <laughs> win for me, TJ. All right. Well, that's exciting. Uh, Chris, one of our favorite questions that usually we, we usually like to start out interviews with, uh, with all the folks we interview is, uh, what was one of your first jobs and maybe a lesson that you learned that you've kind of carried through to this day? Because the reason I ask that is we have a lot of folks that are like uh, newer in their careers or like just stepping into leadership. And so I love hearing some lessons there. Okay. Well, my very first job, I don't know how applicable it's going to be to, uh, to this, uh, to, to leadership forum, but was actually uh, wiping <laughs> the trays off Burger King clean. <laughs> and my yeah. lesson from that is the, is the Whopper is a very messy sandwich. Don't <laughs> let anybody tell you otherwise. <laughs> um, and, and I guess the lesson that I did learn is, is you, you got to love what you do. It doesn't need to be spectacular. It doesn't need to be, uh, you know, you don't need to be rich or famous, but you got to love what you do. And there are jobs that I had and I'll be the, you know, I, I bust tables. I actually enjoyed bussing tables, but I didn't enjoy wiping the Whopper mess off into the garbage. And so, you know, it, it small as that seems and it, Hey, it sounds like the same thing, but it, for me, it wasn't. Uh, and I, you got, you got to love what you do. That's such a good, that's such a good lesson. I, 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 I hate wiping my own mess off of the tray when I'm trying to dump it. <laughs> I'll tell you, me me wiping my messes uh, off off the house is is one of the toughest jobs my wife does. And I'll tell you something. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, as I was reading your book, I mean, you were just talking about like loving what you do and finding joy and purpose and stuff. Um, I, I I loved learning like some of the steps you took in like stand up comedy and st and stuff like that when you were working at your job. Um, the first question I have is just kind of like, is it hard to choose joy and purpose in Silicon Valley? Uh, well, I think, I think the first point that you made is you have to choose joy inherently in that question. I think you're spot on TJ. I think um, there's a lot of lessons in the book. One of the, one of the lessons that really is coming to mind that really helped me is so often when we're in a career, uh, whether it be in Silicon Valley or anywhere else, there's so much pressure on ourselves, isn't there? There's, we, got, we have to succeed. We have, we're doing this presentation, we're leading it. We might not know a lot about it. It might be the first time we're doing that, but we need to succeed. And so there's so much pressure. And when it, things don't go well, we, we look at ourselves and say, oh, I'm just, I'm a loser. I'm horrible. Um, people are going to see me as a hack and a, and a fraud and kind of the mindset that I went when I published the book anyway. <laughs> and so, and, and sure. that, that's what we do. And so, um, we take things so personal. What stand-up, and I, I talk a little bit about this in the book, is it helps us to realize is that when I was doing stand-up, the first few times I was horrible. And then I got to the point where it's like, wait a second, uh, this isn't about me. I'm separate from my material. Once you get over, I'm a horrible person, and you say, okay, well, what is it? It isn't about me. What is it about the material 
that I can change. Because mm -hmm. once you get there, then you can fix it. Then you can make it better. Oh, well, mm -hmm. maybe I'll do the intro different or maybe I'll do it from a different perspective. That's when you can start bringing joy in a big, uh, let me say, it's a choice to bring joy, but that's a big enabler to bringing joy is realizing that you are this amazing entity in the universe mm. and you can weave in and out of material. And it isn't about you. It's about you trying new things and, and changing that mindset to you're a failure because you brought something else versus you, you've succeeded because you've tried and you're going to try again. And it's like, wow, what a, what a difference that makes in terms of, of attitude, in terms of uh, being able to step up to the plate. Yeah, that's so good because it, it, it's got to be the, the language that we use, right? That makes us feel that way. Um, I was talking to a friend recently and they said something like, uh, in the Spanish language, it's, it's not, I am hungry, but it's, I have hunger. And so I wonder uh, if, if that could change as well with the way we view ourselves and our failures or whatever it is. Like, I, I have this, but this is what actually what I am. Um, and that, that might help with some of the way that we kind of connect the dots there. Yeah, I actually, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a good you're making. There's a, uh, and I, I've talked about this a little bit in, in my presentations. There's a, so Deepak Chopra had did this meditation in a very large meeting. And it's pretty, and it was an audacious move, I thought, but I had a lot of respect for it. So he said, okay, so you say, uh, he said, he had everybody say their name. He said, I am, say your name, and then say what you do for a living. So, you know, like I am TJ and I, um, you know, have a podcast and I have leadership, you know, I, I run a leadership business. And he said, okay, now let's say that a few times. Now just say, I am TJ. So you'd say that a few times. I'm TJ, I'm TJ. And then he said, now, now just I am, hmm. I am. And it's like, wow, you, you start to just feel that, just that levity and just that, Hey, I can, I, I, <laughs> I'm not weighed down by these other things, these expectations. I'm not typecast. I can do whatever I want to do. And there's so much power to that. Mm, that's good. It's like we, we clutter our lives with all these things the same way we do with our possessions. We clutter it with titles yeah. or ways that we think about ourselves. <laughs> yeah. And then you look around and, and because you have these typecasts and no wonder people stay put where they are because you look around and it's a, uh, it's a mirror of a lot of times what you say to yourself. And if you say to yourself that I am a, I'm a failing banker, well, then <laughs> everything that you see, everything that is, is, you know, and the conversations that you have get echoed back to you and um, versus uh, I am, and I've tried something and it doesn't work great. And I'm going to try something else. So, yeah. Hmm. So let's talk a little bit about bringing the joy to work, right? Like um, we often feel like we have to wait for situations or people to change our situation. But uh, obviously this is one of the keys is your mindset there. But what are some other ways we can bring joy to our work on a regular basis? Yeah, I think uh, I find joy personally through human connection. Uh, and part of me, part of that is just bringing the joy. It's not sure. <laughs> you don't get much human connection by, you know, like, Ugh. you know, that just doesn't <laughs> tend to do it for people. <laughs> and so coming in and I think being able to connect through humility and being able to connect through self-awareness, I think that, you know, when people, my observation is that when people see you, so TJ, I'm, you know, we're, we're doing a, a webcast right now. I'm looking at you. You look like a very competent, smart individual, just right off the bat, just my, my 
blink on you, that's what I would take away. And so like it or not, you could come across as a, as a threat, right? If we're in business, like, oh, TJ's really smart. Look at the way he's got his collar button. I don't even, you know, whatever. I mean, that, <laughs> it's just how you could come across. And so letting people know. And so I don't think, I think a lot of times we, we aim to prove that in business. Well, I'm smart and I could carry a four, you know, it's just instead of, right. instead of saying, hey, you know, on the way to work today, oh my gosh, I spilled my coffee and then, you know, and then I put cream in the cup. Like what, what, you know, what was I thinking? And so letting people see that humanity within you um, is, is an open door for human connection. When you mm -hmm. connect with somebody, for me, inherently that brings joy. They're going to be, they're going to be rooting for me. And in fact, it's a proven, it, it is proven that people who are uh, more open and more uh, joyful and, and humble their teammates actually will, will do anything they can to find the confidence within them to help them succeed versus if they're like, you know, uh, cutthroat sort of, Hey, I'm the best and you can't even, you know, it's like, we're not going to do everything we can for you. <laughs> and so this guy's finding a joy, I don't want to help yeah, him. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> so yeah, I think that's, that's a big part of it is finding that connection, being humble, uh, being present, uh, just, you know, not thinking about how many times in work are we not even engaging with the person in front of us because we're thinking about the deliverable next Tuesday. But just those basic fundamental things that open up for human connection, for me, at least in my experience, and what I've read in studies is just uh, has a big uh, amount of impact on your joy at work and your effectiveness at work. It's so it's so simple. It's like sometimes we would rather put a new program in place or something to make people feel connected rather than if you're a leader, just walking around and talking to people, asking them what's going on in their yeah. life and sharing some of your life with them, right? Yeah, it is. It's it, we, we definitely overcomplicate it. It's like, no, you need to register on the form before we have a conversation. And we, we actually, I've seen this before where uh, companies have done what they call uh, un- unplugged i think it's kind of like the analogous to a, a musical unplugged and it's it's amazing the difference versus how much time and effort they put into these all hands meetings with you know fireworks and slideshows and very sheeny presentations and just like just talk to me you know i know yeah. you're not perfect and the more you're that you let on that you're not perfect and one it's 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 joyful because we're connecting two you probably do get a laugh about it and laughing inherently you know, helps productivity. It's proven to help productivity. It lifts endorphins. It puts us in a better mood. It just, there's uh, but we've, we've, you're right. We've lost the plot. Yeah. I, I like how you said in the book, you said, I want to get it right here. You said clearly comedy is a great thing for our wellness and mental health, but we often only seek and embrace it when we leave the office. So when I read that, my, my thought was, okay, that's, I, I agree with you. Like I want more comedy. I want more laughter in my life when I'm at the <laughs> office, but how do you, how do you bring comediology or comedy into the office without being like the office clown that doesn't get respected in the midst of that? Yeah. Um, it's, you know, I, I actually, um, I think it's, you have to be obviously careful with comedy. I think first and foremost, it's, it's uh, self aware, humble sense of comedy. I don't think you can go and just like famous comedians. I mean, you, we've all seen the comedians that, you know, tend to, Hey, I'm going to poke you in the eye. And that's funny. And that, and that lasts for a while, but right. typically those aren't the long lasting comedians. And I always use the example of Robin Williams, very mm -hmm. humble, very, now he might joke with you, but obviously it's in jest and he'll say, no, I'm just kidding. It's, you know, 
but you could just see Robin's heart. I mean, you could just like, that guy was just sincerity in a, in a bottle. Yeah. I think if you're going to bring comedy, it is that, I mean, I'll just give you a quick example. Um, what <laughs> I was, I had a really big meeting, uh, one time and I was, uh, under the table because the stuff my my laptop wasn't plugged in i couldn't get things connected and i was i think a manager at a time and the, the cio was in the meeting and all of uh his directs and i popped my head up and they're <laughs> looking at me and i'm like uh i'm really glad you could all see me at the height of my the pivotal moment <laughs> of my career <laughs> and they laughed and they and they actually were were on my side they were uh after that they were like oh what we can do you're you know you're you're versus if I got defensive, like we'll start in five minutes, grab a donut, you know, it's just, <laughs> it's, it lets people in to help you. And so I think um, being careful to use comedy, but using it in a way that directs it where you're not necessarily a clown, you're calling it the way that it is. Yeah. Um, I, I think the analogy between business and comedy is that they both aim for truth. They're both truth. Mm. Com the, the way that comedy is funny is if you're, if you're telling the truth and, and in business, of course we don't, want people to, to lie to us when people are shady or uh, uh, anything other than honest, we know it and we feel it in our bones. We want truth. And so bringing those two together, um, not ignoring a situation, calling it like it is, but doing it in a way that's respectful and humble, I think is a, is a winning combination that gets, that gets people rooting for you on your side. Yeah. I heard, uh, Larry King say one time that like he was freezing up when he first got into the interview business. And uh, the minute that he just acknowledged the truth of like, I am sweating bullets here <laughs> as I'm going to do that. He said that was the turning point for him that he realized that that's what connected him to people and, and helped them to, to root for him and all of that. Yeah, it's, it's great. TJ, it's a, it's a great example. In fact, I've seen that a lot in comedy. People will, <laughs> will tell this joke that they, in their mind and in the shower and with their friends worked great and they'll be up on stage and they'll tell it and then nobody will laugh. And, and I've seen the ones where they just like, okay, move on to the next joke versus the ones like you were like, well, that worked in the shower and, and people <laughs> laugh and they think it's funny and they're, and they're on their side, even though the joke wasn't good. And because it's, if you take it back a notch, one of the things that I love about comedy is it has really taught me the why and for me, like I said, the why is connecting with people. It's not just getting up there and telling jokes. And it's the same way in, <clears throat> so that, that person's why was, hey, I want to be real with people and want to connect with people. Well, that was a connector, even though the joke didn't work. And it's the yeah. same thing in business. If you can, um, a lot of times we're given a task by our superiors or by our stakeholders, which may or may not be the right thing or may or may not be what we intended. Maybe they miscommunicated, may, maybe we misinterpreted. But if your, your why is about, doing good for others, helping, helping others, people will see through that and they will pull you to the other side and help you as much as they can. Even if the, if you might, if your joke might be misdirected. <laughs> I, I think there's a good story in your book. If, if you wouldn't mind sharing it, I love the story where you had, uh, you talked about Rufus pitching to the venture capitalists and how he was uh, straightforward about the seven things that either like, I can't remember what it was like you, you're not going to get out of, uh, investing in my company or something like that. Oh yeah. Th um, thank you for bringing that up. So, um, yeah, so, so Rufus was a, uh, he was an entrepreneur and he'd been, you know, like any entrepreneur been cash strapped and, you know, not a lot of money in the bank and had employees need to make payroll. And so you can imagine how stressful that is for a startup owner. And all of a sudden he had people knocking at the door saying, Hey, we want to, 
we want to buy your company, Rufus. We're interested. And so just how many of us, at least I, before reading that example, <laughs> was just like, <laughs> if I were putting a presentation together, I'd be like, well, this is the revenue and this is how, this is how well we're doing. And, uh, and what Rufus did was completely opposite. He, he, as you said, TJ, he put a slide up there that said the top five reasons not to buy my company. <laughs> so, <laughs> and you think about that, you're like, are you kidding me? But it had, you know, obviously uh, I'm assuming it got a laugh and it, and it got people like, wow, he's, he's being honest. We're seeing truth yeah. from him. Yeah. And clearly he doesn't want to misguide us. He wants, he's, and so we're going to be on his side. And so uh, he actually sold uh, his company as a result of that meeting. And it was an online magazine uh, for, for you millennials. A magazine was a paper product that we, <laughs> you, can, you can Google it. Um, he, sold, he sold his company Babel to Disney, Disney for $16 million. Um, wow. Pretty amazing story. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Um, another quote from your book that I really appreciated was you said, you convey your thoughts through your words. However, you convey feelings through everything else, your eyes, your voice, your posture, your hand movement. And so you talk about feeling being just as important as thinking in business. Can you expand a little bit more on that? And, and yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, and it's, this is where I think being on the comedy stage has helped translate how, how much things that I didn't, weren't, wasn't aware of, things that I'm, I hadn't previously been aware of have, have come across in business. And so in business, I used to think, well, you know, it's, it's all about my PowerPoint presentation on, on Friday. Nobody keeps track until I'm in the meeting on Friday presenting and how many bullet points I make and that's how I get paid. <laughs> and, but then being up on stage, it's, uh, you know, walking to the club, um, saying hi to people around the club, shaking people's hands. It not only changes the energy for me, but it changes the energy for them. When I'm up on stage, what I'm thinking about, because I've, as a comedian, I've tried different things. I've tried, hey, I'm going to, you know, make fun of the first row. And I'm telling you that it is like magic. They can, they like, I know it's coming, Mr. Comedian with a bad intent. <laughs> and they get, and they get defensive and they don't laugh. And it's like, oh, this is so awkward versus, if you get up there and you just say, you know what, I just want to have fun and I want to connect with people and you're looking around at the people, you, you, can, you can actually see. If you go to an airport or it's a real fun exercise just to see who has joy in their eyes and who is approachable. You can see when you meet people, if you really pay attention. And so um, it's, it's not just in that moment, although it's very pr impactful in that moment, but it's everything around you, everything that you do has... Uh, if you're paying attention has a, uh, a ripple effect in into other people's minds and to into our actions. And so, so yeah, I realized that on the comedy stage, but then being able to translate that into the business. So not thinking about it as just the Friday presentation and how do you interact with the person that you're meetings um, administrative assistant? How, have, how do you overact act in an email? What do you say to, you know, um, how is their day going? How, you know, every, every possible thing has an impact. And so thinking about what you're going to project, just like how every time I get on stage, I'm like, I, I want to connect with people and bring joy. What are you connecting when you bring to the office? What is that? What is your intention? Because it definitely comes across. And I'll keep talking now. So stop talking now. Sorry for the long-winded answer. No, you're good. You're good. This is, that's great. 
So do, do you find that when you're bringing that to a place that you kind of get that reflected back to you by a lot of people, even by people that maybe seemed grumpy from the start? Yeah. It, the very first time that I did bring it, because I was, I was, as you know, from the book, I had probably failed being a comedian for, uh, it was a long time. I mean, it, I can't remember who was president during those periods. <laughs> <It was laughs> and, and I decided to just, I'm going to bring the joy. I'm going to have fun and I'm going to connect with people. And, and the, I had used the exact same material that I had used previously that didn't get a laugh. Hmm. Uh, but I, but I used that material. The first, the first joke went over well. The second joke, I completely forgot the lost, must, messed up the punchline, and I was like, "Oh, that the same thing." Like, "Oh, that you know that worked well when I said it to my grandma." And and people, people laughed. They were on my side. So so yes, it it definitely there. I mean, there are going to be people who are lost in their own world. Regardless, that's going to be a constant throughout. But sure. the majority, I think, is open to. Um, it's like it's like in nature, there's something called the albedo rate. And the albedo rate is the, how much sun is absorbed. So like grass absorbs more sun than water. Water reflects more. I think everybody has their own albedo rate, if you will. And, and the same thing in a comedy club. But I think more often than not, people are definitely open to what you are projecting. And more often than not, people will reciprocate. Hmm. That's really good. Um, I know one of the things you talked about in the book was uh, making the change where you, you, you were hoping that the other comedians would bomb so that you could come in and save the day. Oh, you got to bring that up, TJ. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think we all have it within us yeah. that uh, there's a little bit. I think, I think to be a leader of any kind, you got to have a little bit of megalomania that needs to be tamed and uh, reminded that you're not the savior of the world. Um, but uh, you, you said what switched for you was you began to really um, root for them because people are a lot more likely to laugh uh, at the next person if the person before them does well. Uh, can you talk about that both in comedy and in business? Yeah, absolutely. And there's a saying, and I use this in the book, that uh, in a strong wind, even the turkeys fly. And <laughs> I think, so my job as a comedian and a business is to get that wind going. I mean, it's, it, it became abundant, abundantly clear to me in comedy, you're right. I would, I would go there and I would, oh, if they're funnier than me, then I'm a loser. And I'm, I'm going right. up against comedians who have been on Comedy Central. There's no way I was going to be funnier than them my first 50 times out. Okay, 60, 75 okay. top. Okay. Um, but, you know, that, that didn't stop me from like, oh, I have to be funnier, I have to be funnier. And then I wouldn't laugh at them. A lot of times I was, you know, uh, and, and I would see them not connecting with their audience. Once I decided to bring the joy, I thought, you know what, everybody, I want to bring the joy to everybody and not um, a cliche thing, but really I want to connect with people. That's what brings me joy. Once you realize that about yourself, you kind of seek to go get it. So seeking to go get it, I would sit on the first row and I would laugh and smile because, it, I, you know, there's always, even if, even if a joke bombs, there's still joy in the joke and still fun watching it. They would connect with me a lot of times, the comedian. They would laugh. The other audience members would laugh because I was laughing and it becomes contagious. All of a sudden, the, com the comedian has their confidence back. Yeah. And then when I'm up on stage, because the audience is warm, they're much more apt to laugh. And I would get a great set. And, and likewise, in business, said the same thing. I would like, oh, Jane has a good deliverable. She's, you know, and be competing against Jane when it's like, Jane... And everybody else is different than me. I bring something to the table that is completely different. We might have, we might even have the same job title. Well, let's say we're both project managers, but Jane's really good 
at change management. I'm really good at technology. Hmm. You know, there, there are, there's an area, if you look deep enough, where we are differentiated. And we live in this world, <clears throat> I think a lot of times, where we're trying to compete with each other. And all competing does is make me maybe as good as Jane sometimes, but probably not most of the time. And so yeah. if I just really focus on what I bring to the table and encourage Jane, boy, we're going to be a powerful team. She's going to come in and she's going to help the team with change management. I'm going to come in and help the team with technology. We're going to hit it out of the park versus if it's like, oh, Jane did a, something that, you know, um, she wrote a, a, a training course. Well, I better write a training course. Well, I'm not going to be as good as the training course, but my intention is just to be better than Jane. We've lost, think of how many hours of productivity we've lost, mm. not to mention our relationship with Jane and myself, not to mention the awkwardness of the customer sees us. If you make that difference, and I, and I don't think environments change on themselves. I don't think you, I could have walked in and said, hey, everybody, we need to be collaborative and you need to support me. They would have been like, really? Really? <laughs> I would have been, you know, right. Throw Chris under the bus. But I think if you start that, people will see that. The other comedians saw that I was supporting them. Uh, the other comedians in turn supported me. Likewise at work. If like, hey, you've got something special and different and it works well with my special and different. Let's see how we can bring this to market. Um, it, it, then I think that's how you transform a, a culture. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good because, yeah, I think for, for myself, I, I get competitive when I'm unclear or maybe like I'm emerging into like a, a new season or something like that where gifts are developing or, or something in me. Uh, that's when I can tend to get competitive or petty or something like that if I'm not careful. And uh, the best thing you can do at those points is to cheer on the other people and uh, see the value that they bring and what you can add to the conversation. Yeah. And I think it's like we talked about TJ. It's a really good point. And when we were talking before, it's some people like, and I connect this because I'm weird to, <laughs> to animal um, uh, periods of, of, of pregnancy. Can I say this on the podcast? I'm really sorry. About I love it. Animal pregnancy. Let's bring it. This was really good. So those of you listening, listen up. Cause this is a really good point here. This is the one good point I'm having. So I really appreciate it. <laughs> so, so like uh, elephants, I think take two years to have uh, to, to their pregnancy comes to full term. And I think if you look at an elephant, they're a very sophisticated animal, the way that they care for their young, the way that they're, they're, they're family unit versus, um, you know, uh, a gnat fly. I don't know how long the ingestion period, but I guarantee it's not two years. <laughs> Looking at the gnat fly, I can pretty much guarantee that, but it just takes a while to develop. And likewise, I think in careers, some people have careers that don't take that. It's more learn on the job. Some people are learning something. It takes a while and because they, it, it takes, it's more complexity. It's, it's not better or worse or not no judgment, but it just, it takes more baking time, if you will. Yeah. And I think in a situation, the way that I look at that one, I don't have something to offer. Okay. I'm baking and pretty soon I'm going to be able to deliver something that's just as valuable as the person who's talking now, but it just takes more understanding of the complexity before I can deliver. Hmm. That's good. Got to be quiet more, I guess, in those, in those seasons. <laughs> in <laughs> We're, 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 we're incubating. Yeah. It takes time. That, that, would, that would get a laugh. I'm sure I'm just sitting over here incubating everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, two more questions for you, Chris. Um, one, I was looking at your consulting page and one of the things that I love that, uh, you wrote as one of kind of the values that your consulting group brings is, uh, that you guys bring co connections as a catalyst for change in business. 
Uh, and it's really like trying to get past the silos we develop. And so uh, my question for you is, wh why do you think it's so hard for us a lot of times to see outside of our silo um, and really connect with other people? Uh, boy, that's a good question, TJ. I think a lot of times as we, um, it's so easy, and this is going to sound so abundantly obvious, but it's so easy to see the world through our eyes because we, it's like a movie, right? I mean, I look at the movie Superman and I think, okay, here, here's a superhero who's saving people. And that's all he cares about is saving people. Yet in every movie you find some like, Hey, why did super, why didn't Superman save me at the fair? I was overcharged $2. You're like, <laughs> he was busy, but it doesn't matter. I mean, and I think if that guy can't do it, that we don't have a snowball's chance in hell of making people see things through our eyes. And so I think people assume a lot of times assume the worst. And so when, when you're in a situation and you experience hardship, people assume the worst on, Oh, they, they try, they, they did it with intention. And so I think, uh, again, getting back to showing humanity, showing that you, you, I, I'm human and I'm, and things happen to me. And then it's like, Oh, I know TJ, he wouldn't do that. That's when, right. you know, like it or not the human animal. That's when I find people start to see, give you the benefit of the doubt when they see that person underneath. And, and I think that's it more and more when we see things in a self-centric manner, we're not able to see others humanity or sh once I think when you show, you also see hmm. is when you start to, to believe in your own headlines. And I have, hate to say it, but our own headlines are very skewed. I mean, you think yeah. CNN versus Fox is bad. <laughs> it's upstairs. <laughs> and so that's getting good. that, that's good. Uh, getting that um, flavor of, of, like I said, humanity across the board is, is what will break us out of silos. That's good. Okay, Chris, here's my last question. And then we'll give you the chance to share a little bit about uh, where they can connect with you and stuff. But um, here at Vitamin Lead, our tagline is uh, your healthy dose of leadership. And so uh, my question to you is how do you define healthy leadership? I define healthy leadership very simply as human leadership. And I know that that is a generic statement, but again, along the same lines that we talked about, uh, being present, being authentic, being humble, um, being compassionate, and really making an effort to, to show your human side. I think um, you can naturally, you don't, you don't even need to quote unquote lead people. I think if you show your human side and show people what's on the table and the options and what you recommend, it's just, it kind of naturally flows. Um, yeah. So I think human leadership to put a term to it. I love it. That's, and, and I think that traces through everything that you've been sharing with us today about being human with people. So that's good. Thanks, DJ. Okay. So Chris, uh, how can our listeners connect with you? Uh, where can they get uh, Comediology? I highly recommend this to our listeners to pick up this book. Oh, thank you, TJ. Uh, absolutely. So you can get it on, it's on Amazon. It's on Audible. Uh, you can find it uh, at comediology.com. I know that's a, a word full, um, but just take uh, comedy and ology. Okay, never mind. This, <laughs> yeah, you can we'll, find me. <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes so that it's a little bit easier for them to click. Oh, awesome. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, of course, consultingventurewestgroup.com. Uh, Wonderful. Well, Chris, thank you. Thank you for writing this book. It, it's been a, an inspiration and an excitement for me here in 2020 so far. And uh, thank you for being a part of the podcast. It was great to hear from you today. TJ, such a joy being with you and happy new year, my friend. Same to you. Talk to with you soon. Okay. Thanks again. Bye-bye.